Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. A special thanks to our newest monthly patron, Samuel Wallace. To learn how you can become our monthly patron and gain access to our entire archive of over 450 podcasts, plus transcripts delivered right into your smartphone, please visit livinghour.org slash patron. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from The Pursuit of Happiness by George Hodges, published in 1906. Today I would like to talk with you about certain helps to happiness. The first is determination, and by that I mean the will to be happy, for happiness is largely an interior matter. It is subjective. It does not depend on any particular environment, but depends solely upon our relation to the great currents of life. If we resist, there is friction and distress. If we fling ourselves boldly into the eternal tides, we are swept into every form of beauty and truth. This does not mean that we should try to attain that sort of contentment, which lets the world go by without an effort to change it for the better. When bad conditions may be changed, it is the imperative of all good people to be persistently discontented until they change them. But there are ill conditions which, at least for the moment, are beyond change. We are in the midst of them. They will not depart, and we cannot get out. Under such circumstances, the thing to do is to let the eternal tides carry us whithersoever they will. The evil is upon us, and it is now our business to make the best of it. The testimony of history is that the best of it is often very good indeed. There are times of trial and tribulation which are beneficial to the soul, a source of spiritual strength. It teaches us lessons in patience, sympathy, appreciation of blessings hitherto undervalued. We come out from them better than we went in, saying with all honesty, it was good for me that I got into trouble. Determination can wrest a blessing from any type of ill fortune in life. Indeed, our quality of life depends upon our determination. For life is actually what we make of it. In the words of Marcus Aurelius, everything is harmonious with me, which is harmonious with thee, O universe. Nothing is too early or too late, which is in due time for thee. At the very least we may resolve to be silent. In the midst of trouble, we can at least keep our mouths shut. We need not complain, nor cry aloud, nor increase the general burden by the weight of our individual distress. We may also resolve to keep a cheerful countenance, for not only does the will affect the body, but the body affects the will. The child who goes on past the dark corner in the dead of night, whistling to keep their courage up, 
is engaged in a valid psychological process. Their whistling is efficacious. It does maintain their courage. Thus a serene face helps to make a serene soul. A smile on the lips induces a smile in the heart. The despondent person who leaves off taking medicine and laughs every day for five minutes before each meal often gets well. The first day or two the laughter sounds artificial, but then it becomes the real thing. Look cheerful no matter how you feel. Look steadily on the bright side of life. Cultivate the grace of a good hope. Imitate the fine optimism of that person of whom it is said could see stars, where their neighbors saw only an unbroken expanse of clouds. The perfect joy is the mastery of adverse circumstances, by the serene acceptance of them as the will of God. For as Picarda Donati instructs Dante in Paradise, God's will is our peace. To recognize that, to appreciate it, to realize it, to enter into a bitter experience with cheerful expectation, is to wrestle with it until it yields its blessing. This is to find indeed the perfect joy, and to be at peace in the midst of tribulation. The second milestone on the way to happiness is regulation. For thus shall determination be brought to immediate and concrete effect. The usual sequence of a resolution to be a better person, without details, is a passing glow of self-satisfaction, followed by the same behavior as before. The resolution means nothing. It is a mere drift of moral mist, blown by the vagrant wind. In order to amount to anything, a resolution must have dimensions, angles, and a clear definition. You may command the sun to stand still, like the eager captain in the book of Joshua, but the sun will pay no attention whatsoever until you specify precisely what you mean. You must put in the topographical details. When you do that, you will have sunshine every day and moonshine every night until you weary of fair weather. In other words, what I mean is this. The first step toward happiness is to determine to be happy. The second, without which the first may be of no avail, is to determine how to be happy. How shall we so order our days that our life shall yield the harvest of happiness? In order to reap the harvest, it is necessary to plow the ground, put the seeds in, and pull the weeds out. The garden will never be made to grow by sitting on the back steps and reading a garden magazine. Or to put it another way, how shall we achieve serenity of spirit? How shall we approach, ever more near as the years pass, to the perfection of peace? The name of one of the enemies of our peace is hurry. The name of the other is worry. 
they are both put out and kept out by regulation. Hurry spoils both the quality of the work and the temper of the worker, for the best work depends on personality. It is done well or ill, according to the condition of our nerves and attitude. No kind of profession or occupation can go on permanently and prosperously by rushing about. We are accomplishing no more by haste than our more leisurely neighbors, and we would not need to hurry if our work were definitely planned, and that remedy is found in regulation. Worry always follows hurry. Hurry is the unresting demon of the old parable, who goes out and brings in seven other spirits worse than himself. These seven are worry. What I mean is the petty perplexities and annoyances, the consciousness of defects, the anticipation of defeat, which clog the wheels of life. Worry is in great part the pain of the burden of duties undone. People are worn out not by things which they do, but by the things which they do not. The calls which are not made, the books which are not read, the words which are not spoken, the letters which are not begun. These are the evil spirits which give us sleepless nights and not one of them can live in an atmosphere of regulation. They flee before a systematic ordering of life, as mice flee before a cat. The wise person who desires serenity and satisfaction will set about achieving them in the same sensible fashion in which he or she undertakes the building of a house. They will draw up specifications they will say to themselves, this is the sort of thing I want, and what I will do to get it. This requires getting out a pencil and a piece of paper. It means creating a table of hours in which you set down the time when each of your days shall dawn, each waking and working day, and the time when you shall lay all work aside. It means having a clear understanding between the clock and the life. There is a time, says the writer of Ecclesiastics, to every purpose under the heaven. God, he adds, has made everything beautiful in its time. Every deed you perform in order to be beautiful, in order to be a help to happiness must be done in its time. That is in the part of the busy day to which it properly belongs. Say to yourself, every day at such and such specified times, I will do this and that. Activities which exercise my body, feed my mind, nourish my soul, and complete the work that needs to be done. The unregulated life goes stumbling through time and places, knocking itself against the corners, and missing the best of life. It is true of the soul, as it is of the garden, that its cultivation, in order to be successful, must be seriously and systematically undertaken. 
That is what I mean by regulation. The victories of life are won, for the most part, in the Japanese manner, by prearrangement. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get the best of our podcast in heirloom hardcover or digital ebook by visiting inspirationallifelessons.com. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.